Welcome back to part two of this very spooky episode. Uh, as before, I have Paul Mead sitting with me, aka Hi. Dr. Stance, and we are going to hop back into it. More spooky movies. Could not be held within one episode. Indeed. Well, you said Mead, and my last name is Mide. Uh, man, I knew I was going to fuck that up. <laughs> I knew I was going to fuck that up. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just talking. I could, I could stop it right here. You could, but you know what? I have people in my life who I've known for years still call me Patrick, so I can give it. I can give this one to you. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, really <laughs> saved my ass from I've this, known people, like, this I've four people seconds like, that we've been recording where I could okay. just turn it well, around. I, I could, I could literally hit stop. Uh, no, but we're gonna keep we're going. rolling because we have more. We have more things to talk about. There is so much too. spooky; it could not be contained in one episode. Not at all. Not at all. Because we're now talking about demons. Who? in street fighter has a demon some might say it's a raging demon one angry angry demon so akuma has a raging demon what is your favorite movie featuring the occult or demons second favorite movie of all time one of my favorite books Ooh. the exorcist i actually am sitting underneath an exorcist poster right now you can't see it wow. but uh yeah it's on my wall it's all framed and and all nice and and things um, the Exorcist, I love it. It's a. Uh, I think it's it's it definitely blends um, horror and horror and you know it's you know straight up horror elements with mm -hmm. this drama, this this domestic drama of like this you know it's all about you know it's all about loss and it's a it's a mother losing her daughter. It's also uh, and, and rather and I would say like it's loss, but also the fight against losing. So it's like mother fighting to you know against this force trying to take her daughter she doesn't want to lose her daughter then it's also damien Karras losing his faith mm -hmm. we see up front that you know we have the parallel of this woman losing her daughter and this priest losing his faith and somehow the presence of this demon you know will bring all part all relevant parties together for one final you know uh zenith confrontation of, of yeah, there's one giant confrontation where all all those stories will be reconciled uh she'll get her daughter back he'll get his uh faith back but at a supreme price right uh the demon will get vengeance because he you know the demon is only after damien i mean is, is after father Marin this mm -hmm. entire time uh the Lancaster Marin, the uh, the priest in the very very beginning that's the gold that he wants that's the that's the, the gold goal yeah and, and then by manipulating all the chess pieces on the board, you know, going from this, the prologue that starts in Iraq and then is going straight to Georgetown uh, in Maryland, just outside of D.C. It's like, what a what a, a scene shift. But, hey, yeah, you're a demon. It's one of those things where like, you forget that, oh, yeah, this movie opens up with like that statue of Pazuzu being like, oh, yeah, this is just this is that demon's story. This is what that demon wants. Yeah, it, exactly. It's it's the demon's story. Like the demon is manipulating all these events, and it is the bringer, it is the destroyer of these lives. But it's also the one bringing all those lives together. Strangely mm -hmm. enough, um, and it's gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. It's shot. Uh, so it's directed by William Friedkin, um, who had his the the film that he had worked on previously is the the French Connection which he won best director and won best picture in 1971 at those academy awards. Uh he started as a sort of 
um, documentary documentary filmmaker. So uh, a lot of the things that he was bringing to the Exorcist, a lot of the realness, a lot of those like quick cuts and a lot of the uh, the closer cuts. Like I'm thinking specifically things like shots of the dresser and shots of the door when the when the door is slamming and cracking. Um, those were document. You know, he's bringing his experience as a documentarian. So it just added this like this subtle realness to it you yeah. know in just the way that it's shot um and i'm gonna bookmark it because i do want to talk about there's an, there's another very spooky little thing or a real spooky thing with the exorcist and not like part of the not i'm not talking about like the legend the was the was the cast actually haunted blah 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 there's okay. an actual real documented spooky thing but uh i'll let you have a word first what? Okay, now now I'm now you gotta I'm know. Like a, yeah, you've got me. I'm waiting in bated breath here. <laughs> uh, but so my answer to this uh, was actually a movie that you don't know is about demons or the occult until much later. It is re- revealed later. But Event Horizon, mm-hmm. Larry Fishburne, yeah, solid role. Uh, this movie got me. Uh, in such a way that I love, uh, well, at least growing up, I love sci-fi and I was like, oh, here's a fun sci-fi movie, uh, before I realized that it was, uh, basically Hellraiser in space. Uh, yeah. I thought about maybe answering Hellraiser to this, but I like Event Horizon better. No puzzle box here. We don't need no puzzle box where we're going. Yeah, no uh, Cenobites. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. I like to imagine Event Horizon is sort of like the 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 first movie attempt at Doom, the the video game Doom. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? like <laughs> a little right. bit of that in there. It's like round space and oh, demons. What? No, oh, aliens. Okay. You you most assuredly you most assuredly meant to say aliens, right? It's like no, no demons. Portal to hell, as it turns out, or just a portal to somewhere else. Like that's the part about this movie that I like that isn't answered is just they have this ship uh, or they come across this derelict ship. It has an engine to it that they don't know how it works. Uh, And when that engine reveals itself to them, uh, it's, oh, this is just a gateway to another dimension or another world or another part of space. Not none of that is answered. It doesn't matter. Uh, but what you know on the other side of whatever is in that big black orb is uh, does not jive with humans. Uh, not good yeah. for people. Not good for your health. Uh, doesn't sit well. Doesn't sit well in the tummy. No, no. But Sam Neill is all about getting into that orb, and he, you know what? Again, not the not the second time we're going to talk about eye gouging. <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> people gouging their eyes again seems to be a uh, pretty prevalent and on our list here uh mm-hmm. but that scene where he just turns to Lawrence Fishburne we don't need eyes where we're going is like burned into my memory it's like oh that's a horrifying Sam Neill from the Jurassic Park because <laughs> that's like Move. that was my only other the Sam Neill moment up until I had seen this movie was, oh, he's the the good guy. He is surely the good guy yeah. in this movie. That is not the case. Things not get at real all. horrifying real quick, and it's it's bad. But 
I like how this movie takes uh, some parts of, oh, like your world is bleeding over into this demon world. You don't know why it is, but you're going to see some really fucked up shit and like, oh, like some weird stuff happening in the medical room that you can't really explain. Or why is there blood everywhere? Uh, right. Could Which is another. a legitimate question. Anytime there's blood everywhere. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why is this? Why not is this really here? having a very good answer or like, where is this blood coming from? Why is there so much? Also blood? a good question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where is this? Where is this? Why is this? How is this? Yeah. All very good stuff. Uh, and to <laughs> me, th- that cross section of sci-fi and the occult is what, that's really what gets me. Uh, I there there are there are definitely objectively better occult. I think The Exorcist is a far better movie. Uh, it is objectively better. It's shot better. It's just all around a better story. But Lawrence Fishburne in space, dude. Yeah, come on. <laughs> that that to me, space demon. The space demons gets me. I will always be a sucker for space demons. Uh, my honorable mention here is the witch, or what mm. I always call the the vavitch, because the vavitch. fucking the double v itch. Fuck, fucking <laughs> hipsters, am I right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, chiverches, which I, I I just can't get behind it. I can't get, I can't do it. Yeah, uh, it's like s's that look like f's. It's that copper plate from like in like oh our founding fathers. Fuck you, founding fathers. <laughs> Fucking hipster bullshit. Uh, I say that it, with a full man bun and beard. I get it, folks. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I I know what it's... I know where I'm coming from, but... And I got uh, the, the beard, shaved head, and black glasses, flannel. I'm there. <laughs> uh, I know. But no, I, I like The Witch. It's a, it's a more recent yeah. film. It's from 2015. Yeah. Uh, Produced by... A, what was that? A twenty four was the the production house that uh, mm-hmm. that put it out, uh, and they're the same ones that did Hereditary this yes. year, as well as um, the Green Room, uh, starring uh, Anton Yelchin. I didn't love the Green Room. I liked it. I liked it. Didn't it was tense, it. but yeah, I didn't I love it. I thought it was too little. It was a little too like. I just hated everybody. <laughs> I didn't think anyone in like the the people you're supposed to feel empathy for. I hate them. Just let them let those kids die who cares uh but the witch i thought was but the good witch is wonderful. uh because it has children there's a goat there's a goat is yeah that there's goat, a goat the actual christian devil i don't know the pure Maybe. the, the pure uh, christian devil what's his name know. black uh the, the goat black thomas black something yes what is it? i think it is black thomas i think you're okay. correct that's a good memory but it's a uh, yeah. The goat is like, and it's again, it's it's one of those Black uh, this Black Philip. There you go. Black it's Phillip. um, it's again, it's again another one of those. Is this real? Is this not real? Kind of psychological uh, horror moments as well. Is like, mm-hmm. is the daughter just acting out on some subconscious impulses? Did she actually kill her baby uh, yeah, brother are, are sister? People coming to attack them because they've yeah. been ousted by their their puritanical community. Yeah. And this one doesn't this one doesn't really even answer. I I know what I know what the movie shows. I know what we see, but again, is this just her fantasy? Is this just cabin fever? Is it a hallucination? You know, I know what we see. We see her levitate and we see her we see the goat talk. The other the other witches. Yeah. But was it is it the devil or is it just 
maybe her. I hadn't thought about that take because I had taken that scene literally of Mm. the, which is also a pretty grotesque scene when you think about it. Uh, it uses nudity in a way that when you see the nudity, you go, oh, that's a bad nudity. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Put the clothes back on, please. Yeah, it is It is the kind of gratuitous nudity where you're like, oh, this is actually like horrific nudity. This isn't, this is, this is, I don't like seeing any of this. Uh, and it, you kind of like re- repulse from the screen because of what you're seeing. Uh, but done very well, I think. Very well. uh, that that whole but I never thought of that as just a oh she's just like probably fucking crazy uh, and maybe that's the case uh, I don't know but uh, as far as like the visuals and where it goes like I knew this movie oh, I like so movies well. oh, I shot so well I mean, the, two things about that so first an, an actual literal fit scene um, <clears throat> excuse me that uh, that I love the moment I knew is like okay I'm in this movie I'm in into it because uh, I love movies that pull the trigger the movies that don't you know that don't beat around the bush. They just, they just go into it. And the moment that this movie just got into it was when the, you see the, the witch or whatever. This is very early in the movie, like the first 10 minutes or whatever, five minutes even. And she's literally, she's bathing in the pulp of a baby, like Mm -hmm. the, of a newborn baby. And it's just like, like a mortar and pestle had just ground up baby into pulp and is slathering it on her body. And it's just like, I was, I mean, it's so horrific. Just being gross. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's where our story begins. (laughs) That's where the story begins. Um, an interesting about thing about the movie is, uh, you were, you were saying how, how well it shot. Um, the, the it's pretty much is so good. The darks are dark. The lights are like all very natural and well lit. And every single one is naturally lit except for one. Oh. If everything was authentic, uh, light, it was lit by candlelight or moonlight or sunlight. That's it except for one. And that's the scene at the fireplace where the mother's breast is being eaten by the crow. And that's because, so they used a flickering light bulb. I actually like stricken that shot from my mind. (laughs) It's shocking. This movie, you all have to see the witch. It's It's shocking. It's good. It's It's slow. It's patient, but I, but it's patience pays off. I love, it's just, you're just basically you're navigating. It's just, it takes you by the hand and navigates you slowly through this pool of but it paranoia. never stops it never, never stops, stops moving you through it it's like okay yeah. here's this horrifying thing which yeah. we're gonna same pace right through it your eyes yeah, have exactly. to watch this next scene like here next we go thing you, know. you want to watch it too because like you said it's so like so well lit it's so mm-hmm. gorgeous to to look at uh, it is a feast on the eyes like that breast is a feast for, uh, for the crows crow. Uh, but yeah, they had to use a light bulb in that scene too because the, the, a fire would scare the crow. So oh, okay, that was, the, that was the only time they cheated, I and that was for that. a good reason. Was that yeah, part of the? Um, oh fuck! What is the name of that? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Can we should continue because you have other other movies here? I was That's gonna okay. bring up the the style of movie where you there's those set limitations. Uh, you have to hire like non actual actors fuck am i thinking of um not verite that's in no. verite but i know what you're talking about it's like naturalistic type but it's like yeah yeah but i know what anyway you're it, yeah there's like a certain set of limitations and through those limitations they're supposed to have like create 
like different art through it. But anyway, you had some other movies here listed, which I'm in agreement with. Yeah, well, uh, honorable mention the hell out of these. Um, mm-hmm. I love, well, I love eighties, uh, and Poltergeist and Evil Dead Two were my honorable mentions, uh, featuring demons or the occult. Um, Poltergeist is a is a real interesting little uh, dissection. It's like simultaneously this insane uh, occult supernatural drama, as well as being like this family film of sorts. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting. It, it it toes the line very, very well. Um, and I think that being because it was ghost mostly ghost directed by Steven Spielberg, um, who also had a heavy hand in the story to, in the script as well. But, yeah, it is a very Steven Spielberg movie. Like, yeah. he's definitely softened up in his in his age. Like, even the movies of like last five or ten years that have become like production works but this was when he like gave a lot of fucks yeah i want to say (laughs) uh a lot of them he had a lot of fucks to give he might be all out of them now uh but but he had a lot to give at this time but it's funny because like i so for the longest time so he was contractually obligated to not direct this movie because he was directing et at the same time right so directing credit went to toby hooper uh most famous for uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. But when the thing is, I can very much believe, and it's pretty much all been outed now that Steven Spielberg directed Poltergeist. Um, people are in pretty much agreement to that. Uh, it's come out. And I can re- you can really believe it if you watch Toby Hooper's next film, which was 1985's, or, or one of his next films, which is 1985's Life Force. Um, oh, which had, fuck. He directed Life he Force? He directed Life Force. Put Life Force up against poltergeist and you're you're t- you can tell it's like okay toby hooper didn't direct poltergeist poltergeist is made with too much aplomb um if this is the next thing he's if this is where you know if that was his, if poltergeist was supposedly his experience and he's bringing that to life force no he didn't direct poltergeist wow i did not he cheated on the put test together <laughs> yeah i know but no, uh, Poltergeist is is a great movie. It's great, and Evil Dead Two again. That's the Evil Dead as a franchise. I have to say is probably overall my favorite, or at least the most interesting franchises I think out there. Because from where it starts to where it ends is such a ride. That I, I first can film agree with you being like, there in the same way that I think mm-hmm. like. It, it kind of goes the path of alien in a, in a couple of ways, except it goes instead of like the action direction, it goes towards the comedy end. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, so pitch me on why you like evil dead Two because I actually don't like, I see. I don't like the evil dead universe. I like evil dead. Mm -hmm. I don't like evil dead Two. I think Evil Dead Two. Am I dead inside? Out. Do I know how to have fun? <laughs> Am I a dollar? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I I'm sure someone out there, someone in the comment section is going to <laughs> is definitely going to say something to that effect. Probably a lot meaner than dollar. It's just the same movie. It's dumb. But Evil Dead Two. I think Evil Dead Two in the franchise for me, why I like it, uh, I'll name it the best or mm-hmm. my favorite, is that. It's 
it's the nexus point for the entire franchise where evil dead comes in as a straight up horror movie um border like borderline exorcist ripoff uh but still very different like i i'm nobody okay you comment section people <laughs> don't start saying that i called it an exorcist ripoff because i didn't i'm saying but in in the perception of things of like these you know these high high prosthetic demon um right. appearances and things like that um but it's but they also follow zombie rules where if you kill the head you kill the demon it's like it's very strange um then going into evil dead 2 it's it's got all that horror but then is the first then is the first tip that Sam Raimi is out of his mind that he is just like <laughs> he's just out of his mind like weird dude where it's like he's just I don't know at what point he decided eh, I'm gonna be funny this time I'm, I'm gonna mix I'm gonna, I'm gonna be funny about it hey, I don't know why do I'm just gonna be funny. first movie we shot okay the one like, that was super successful and was of, super good <laughs> yeah <laughs> what if we did that same movie but with jokes but with jokes. And then it but ends. Not, but not tip our hat that we know that they're jokes. Yeah, not at all. It's like, <laughs> let's just remake the movie, but also keep it a sequel. And let's end by throwing Ash back in time. <laughs> like, yeah, through a, through why a time not? portal also. Yeah, We've got the, demons. <laughs> Might the, as well throw time travel in there. <laughs> the fever pitch that that movie gets to at the end. I Listen... I can appreciate it. I just don't know sure. if it's if it's my jam. If it's not for you, and that's fair. That's totally fine. Because it's it is funny. It's a funny movie. It's the first. Is it the first chainsaw arm? In, it's the first one. It's the one where he cuts history? off his arm or his hand. Excuse me, his hand, um, and puts on the the chainsaw. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's got and it's got the lines too. It's got that moment where you know he. He called you know the boomstick, and he's and and yeah. it's also got uh the groovy, you know, it's got all oh, I love Evil Dead too. It's just oh, and it's just it's right in the like it's like Evil Dead is at the end of the 70s, it was released in 81, but it was pretty much shot in 79, so it still has that like sort of I don't know, like gore for gore's sake. Uh, we have to like we got to do something to to show ourselves off. Whereas, like in the mid 80s with Evil Dead 2, it's kind of like okay, the 80s is happening. We just gotta, we just gotta do whatever we want. People mm. are out there just snorting coke and betting, you know, and placing <laughs> money on stocks just willy nilly. Like this is whatever, whatever. Just be funny. That's fair. That's fair. Because <laughs> uh, you think about Evil Dead, and it was like made on zero dollars, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and to come back, remake that movie. But then just be like, remake that movie, but with a lot of cocaine. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is funny because Evil Dead, the the first Evil Dead film, is mm -hmm. sort of a remake of Sam Raimi's own film from 78. It was called, oh, what was it called? Uh, it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Within look the it, Woods look it up. is a short There you film. go. Within the Woods. And that also starred... Um, uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, but as the as the antagonist. Oh, I um, didn't know that. And yeah, so he used that, and and he made this short film to get money to secure money for Evil Dead, and then Evil Dead was more or less. Uh, again, again, I know some more persnickety <laughs> people are going to correct us and say, "Well, it wasn't actually it wasn't a remake." I was like, okay, so let's clarify. <laughs> he made the short film. And then there were things in the short film that he wanted to expand upon. So he expanded them in Evil Dead 
one so and then evil Dead. so the universe it expanded and then like and and redid it at a feature length uh enhanced all enhanced and then evil dead 2 came out and it was a sequel but it was also a remake ash didn't get very far he didn't get very far out of the woods and then uh and then he turned back around and then boom going through the same things the same shit from the first movie again just mm -hmm. enhanced yeah because and then army of darkness just happened the army of darkness and then army of darkness was like <laughs> here we are how do you feel about uh what is it ash versus the ash versus the evil dead yeah i just finished it i love it was and it i fun? think that's it, it, it sounded fun. fun it was fun and it took all the things it was it was a more refined it's a more um it's a more self uh knowing not self-aware but it's it's more of like it's, it took all those like the amateur horror and the amateur comedy of the early evil dead of evil dead one and two and it's finally decades later it knows what it wants to be and i feel like it is the it is the perfect uh rendition of what sam raimi wanted evil dead 2 to be it's got all the humor it is horror and it is comedy and it's both of those things running parallel it's not like comedy that's making fun of horror and it's not horror that makes fun of comedy it's like it's just it's both those things or too comedic to be horrific exactly exactly yeah. like and I love it. I love it. It's got like, yeah, I just do. There's like this great scene in season two where uh, a deadite is like taking control of a a mostly uh, decomposed uh, body on an autopsy table, and it pulls him, and it pulls itself onto Ash's head like a hat, but through the butt, um, through the butthole. So it pulls Ash's okay. head through the butthole, and for nothing else, I would say watch it just to get to that part where he's like being pulled and he's like and he's begging he's begging this reanimated corpse he's yelling not the butt not the butt and just and it's and it's got that squitch sound that yep that, <laughs> yep, that sucking wet mm -hmm. god we can move on now fucking evil yeah dead. let's do it like like fucking I think, evil dead man i think is the sound of something coming out and what a joke is something and is the sound of something going in oh, okay it's the it yeah it's there's the a thick <laughs> versus thought fair enough i'll i'll lend go. i'll i'll lend that one to you no, what a, what there a joke go. and speaking and what of a jokes joke. uh mm. so dan hibiki is a joke character my favorite uh, character i do too. love dan hibiki yeah. actually like i i am a dan apologist in street fighter 4 i think he he's okay i think he's okay yeah. I think he, yeah, I think he is very woefully low tier, probably the worst in the cast, but yeah, he's not unequipped. And, no, you know I mean? and if you, if your opponent don't, doesn't know what you're going to do to them or what he's capable of, if they don't know how to deal with light kick Dan kicks or EX Dan kicks on block, mm -hmm. then, well, that's, that's on them. That's on them. I always go back to, I mean, we got Canada cup coming, coming up, but it was, was it 2014 or was it, it was for, in there's 2014 dream hack oh. that winter dream hack the yeah, one where uh okay. Sh how do you say it it's, no it was like uh, no i'm thinking air versus uh oh. justin wong okay that's what i'm thinking of in it was actually canada cup uh, and Air versus Justin Wong. Uh, Justin Wong picks Dan. Uh, actually streamed by Vesper Arcade back then, which, like, yeah. in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that's where... All right, cool. 
I can see a through line of that guy's life. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Dan is a joke character, and sometimes horror movies are funny. They uh, are. What's your What's your favorite horror goof? Well, again, I know people are going to be like, "Well, is this more of a comedy?" Is it? I'm going to stand by it, and I'll, and I can say why. If favorite anyone movie of all time. D- d- says your answer is not good, they're fucking wrong. Because whenever I, I saw wrong. your answer, I was mad. I didn't think of it. That's and it's just and it's my name, Doctor Stance, Ghostbusters. Dr. Ray Stantz, heart of the Ghostbusters. Man, Ghostbusters is so good. Ghostbusters is such a good movie. And of course, I would say it airs on... I mean, it's a comedy more than it's a horror film. I mean, it's more of a comedy film with horror elements. There's a horror... But there's a horror jumping off point um, in that it was... uh, Horror moves the story. Horror moves the story. I mean, if you stripped away the jokes, we have have, uh, possession and we have... uh, oppression and cohabitation hauntings we have a whole demon we have a demon assault on new york at some you know uh toward the end scale demon uh demon infestation it's demon infestations like yeah exactly like if you if you strip away the horror i'm I'm sorry the comedy it's a horror film and there is you can argue all you want but you'd be wrong (laughs) but it's such Um, a the, the part that i love about ghostbusters is that it is a I want to say it's basically like a masterclass script. The script mm-hmm. is so good. It's so good. It's All of so the characters wonderful. play off each other well. The writing is genius. Uh, I don't know. And the and and I think the the reason why is um, Dan Aykroyd. He uh, so he wrote the first draft, and he also. <laughs> Uh, I know. It's a, you can just say Dan Aykroyd, and you're like, okay, I think I know what he's going to get to. Right, we're get, yeah, the, I know where this conversation's ending. You know, I'm I'm in the future drinking vodka, and we're and here now. To this. Yeah, he's listening to this as it has been recorded years ago. <laughs> um, Dan Aykroyd is a weird dude, and he and he has a family going uh, from his generation, starting with him, two generations before him, his grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Aykroyd, uh, held seances uh, at their farmhouse in Ontario, Canada, or just outside of Ontario. So he actually comes from a long line of paranormal, of, of semi or quasi paranormal investigators. He himself does stuff like that. He's a member of the ASPR, which is the American societal of psychical research, right. Uh, based out of New York. And, uh, so he, he's, he's a believer. He also the thing is I've known is, these facts, but I still can't help but laugh. It is just it, too. It tickles you. It does. Yeah, it, tickles it really me. does. So so all the, so in his script, the first draft of Ghostbusters was somewhere around like I want to say like three hundred to four hundred pages, maybe even more, maybe like mm-hmm. six hundred pages. It was like a phone book, um, because because it's just dotted with these liner notes of like. So if I'm talking about this like you know proton stream. He would he would you know accompany it with like pages and pages like here's like, the research of how the proton here's the research works. exactly <laughs> all that all that stuff and and it did so coming from the paranormal end he he really believes there is sincerity there mm-hmm. and I feel like in writing sincerity is something that you know people tend to miss in in writing uh, their their screenplays or their plays or their teleplays or what have you now in addition to that. He also loves, genuinely loves um, cop history, like the history of like cops and, you know, like 
crime busters, people like that, as well as having an insane comedy background from some of the best, uh, most, uh, you well, know, famous in, comedy uh, teachers in, in the world. He grew his he, chops in uh, Second City. At Second City under Del Close, who yeah. is uh, the third titan of improv, a uh, third titan of improv comedy after uh, Paul Sills and Viola Spolin. So, so basically Dan Aykroyd and what Ghostbusters is, Ghostbusters is the marriage of Dan Aykroyd, his love of the paranormal, his love of cop history and cop and also buddy cop movies and just improv. Like that's it. Mm. And it's this, it's this culmination of these like three roads uh, colliding into this like beautiful orchestration of sincerity and love. It is, it comes off as a love letter because that's what it is. It's just Dan Aykroyd just espousing his love for all these things that don't go together. Why would cops, ghosts, and improv comedy ever be together mm. elsewhere? You know, <laughs> but they, but he makes it work because it's love, straightforward. Yeah. And the, the characters are so well developed. Uh, Bill Murray fucking slays it. Uh, yeah. I think that what really what really tied it up nicely though uh, was probably Harold Ramis. I want to say yeah. he probably took a, one look at that script and was like in its original form and went uh, no 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 no. Uh, yeah. we need to, he secularized it quite a bit. <laughs> we need to fix most all of this. Yeah, uh, a lot because the original it was funny the original Not only does he play the tight man, the straight man on screen, yeah. he played the straight man in the writing room as well of being like this is garbage. Like this is this is Dan, Danny. <laughs> you have it set in the future where these guys are or ghost busting or ghosts are basically roaches and this is just one group of exterminators in the future. I think set on the moon or something like that. It was like <laughs> we got to tone this back. We got to take this back a lot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but still, like in that final, I mean, in the in the in the final writing credit is still Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Um, mm -hmm. Although uncredited was I, Ivan Reitman, the director. Once he signed on, he was the one who said, "Let's set it in modern day New York." So that went to Ivan Reitman. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Because then they could play these two these dual. Because again, in comedy, that makes it. You know, the idea of truth in comedy. Truth is not necessarily realism, and people have to divorce the two words, uh, the two definitions. Truth and realism are not necessarily the same thing. Truth in comedy just means you are playing the truth. You've set up the world. Now play play it truthfully. Don't call it out. You don't need to call it out. We know it's ridiculous. We're here because it's ridiculous. Just play it straight. And they, they have two truths that they're playing. One, ghosts exist, period. They exist. And we found a way to deal with them. We, that's a truth. The other truth is we live in jaded, cynical New York City. And, you know, and New York City is playing its truth the whole way through. And they have to jump through all the red tape that they would have to jump through otherwise. It is them trying yeah. to get their business off the ground like exactly they're just running jobs. I mean, just like, yeah. yeah even that just like i love that next that smash cut that next little it's uh it's where uh they're on uh, ray and venkman are sitting uh stance and venkman are sitting on the steps of the college and yes. they've just been fired and yes, they're getting I know drunk exactly what you're, yes i'm right. super and I, love that. I was gonna bring this scene up 
And I love and I love that moment where it's uh Ray says, you know, where are we gonna get the money? And then Vankman says, I don't know. I just don't know. And then the next and then cut, they're coming out of the bank, and he goes, You're never gonna regret this, Ray. And Ray says, My parents left me that house. I was born there. <laughs> like it's just it's like, come on, everybody's got three mortgages nowadays. And then he goes, and then he says, But at 19%, you didn't even bargain with the guy. Like it's just like this. It's just very real. That's a, that's a come on. Now we're now it's real estate comedy. Like that's just that's. It it knows it's 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 deft in that it doesn't force the jokes and it never bashes you over the head as an audience member. It never bashes you over the head and says this is where you laugh now. We're gonna stop and have an awkward moment so that you can think about it and laugh. It doesn't do that Seth MacFarlane bullshit. Mm -hmm. yeah. It just it just plays the truth. And it scoops up the jokes along the way because good. if you're playing it truthful, you just it will it will be funny. The jokes will will happen. And yes, sir, Dang. this man has no dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's the, what I heard. <laughs> one of the best delivered lines, like mm -hmm. in that whole in oh. that whole movie. Uh, but no, it. Ghostbusters is thoroughly good. It's a very good answer. Wow. It made me jealous. Uh, even after I had my answer, uh, it's funny because it's like Doctor Stance, and it's like you know, as a Ghostbusters fan, like it, we don't even think anymore because you talk because people just know me as Doctor Stance, and they just forget sense. that it's a Ghostbusters reference, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that made it, as soon as as soon as I saw your answer, I was just literally like, oh fuck, like <laughs> a, like a fucking course. That's the right answer. Uh, <laughs> but my answer to this was Cabin in the Woods. Which Good, is man. a 2012 Joss Whedon film. Uh, yeah. and it is a Joss Whedon ass Joss Whedon film. Uh, in mm -hmm. that it takes the i it takes the idea of what a horror film or what modern horror films had turned into, and then just says, "Well, what if making modern horror films is the horror?" Like from a like introspective, like what if all of this machine that we've built to make these jump scares and these like terrible, awful, like spun into the ground slashers or Hellraiser, like what if we take all that and just say this machine that we've built to produce these movies is the real monster? Yeah. And, and all the all the tropes and all the cliches are activated by a press of a button. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Where it's like, Where it's it's like those so two weird. like guys like they're pulling in a nine to five, being like, oh, it looks like he's walking away. Better press this yeah. button to change the path. Like I, watch, I watch a master where he's sipping coffee. <laughs> like, exactly. And I love the idea of giving a continuity to all the overlapping cliches. Like that's just great. Like it's because it's all by this singular hub mm -hmm. being chosen by these like you said these like blue collar guys like or white collar guys they have to and they got to like you know they have a pool going you know they, they're placing bets because you know, they're just board <laughs> office workers you know they're like any old like they're working at a mortgage company or something doing like a lottery pool or something yeah it's like when they come around asking for uh like doing like the football charts or whatever being like yeah what do you what do you got on the next game like they did that in my job and that's the same kind of stuff you would see here in in this nine to five that they're pulling but right the the idea is that they're murdering these teens <laughs> like mm -hmm. also is the thing that you have to think about or that all around the world 
like that's the other part that I love about this movie is that it's not it's not just this. It's that they also make reference to like international horror movies uh, and say like oh well like what w- w- what are things like in Japan? Have they have they solved right, the right. problem? Have they? <laughs> and it's if, the it's the chorus of school children yeah, singing, singing and the ghost just it. in the middle <laughs> shrieking in pain. Like that's just such a funny visual. Uh, yeah, it's so good uh, because. I don't know, something that I like about this movie too is that it it doesn't necessarily make that make you aware of it immediately. There are parts of it where you go, okay, like I think uh, I think I might know what this movie is. Like, there's a cabin in the woods. There's horror. There's these teens. They'll probably get murdered. And it kind of starts out that way. Even if you try and divorce that, well, what is the whole like, conceit of this? If you try and forget about that, it's just like that family trying to kill these teens. Uh, but then things spin out of control once uh, the plot doesn't go as planned, right? Like the, the last girl isn't the last girl and that someone else had actually survived, which that's not, that's not the script. We need to stick to the script. Uh, when they speak of the monster to me, when they say like the, whatever fucking monster or demon that requires this sacrifice Mm -hmm. to me, when I see it, I'm like, Oh, that's just like asshole horror fans who are just like, I want my horror movies to be the way that they are. It needs to be this way. Good meta such a good meta film oh, it's so oh, good like, but also at the same time to make fun of that but also pay like true homage to all of those films uh, oh yeah you can tell like, it just loves every single creature that's in there like to the point where you could just it, it felt like they were just having so much fun yes uh like in the like almost like writing it'd be like okay oh and then there could be this jason character oh and there's definitely the cenobite character and then oh of course there's a creature from the black lagoon merman like of course there <laughs> Never is the you know it's like God, we can throw we can throw anything at, at the wall there's never the merman i know no, never the just, merman and with a good look in merman too, i love the, the look of it's not as not as cute as the creature from the black lagoon it's just this gross little thing. Yeah, it's like a little like not quite alligator, not quite toad. It's like slimy. It's very strange. Yeah, very uh, much so. But like, like good acting on everyone's parts, and it's it's funny when it needs to be funny. Uh, like when <laughs> when he tries to make the jump, and <laughs> when that like beautiful blue eyed dude, what's his face, uh, from, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, from. Uh, Grey's Anatomy like tries to oh. make that jump and then lands in the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I love that. God, that's so funny. It's like, I'm yeah, going to be the good. hero. And <laughs> he just explodes. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah, it's like they can they can subvert the horror tropes and then at the same time just lean into them. Perfectly. Oh, it's so good. Because that's the you thing know? that would happen. Like the the tough guy, yeah. the tough jock would do the heroic tough jock thing and he might fail, uh, but yeah. not as like spectacularly as it fails or in the way that it fails uh, in that moment of the movie. It's just, it's, to me, it's, it's just, it's, it's like that perfect mix of, we know exactly what the fuck we're doing, but also we care so much about the thing we're making fun of. And to me, that's why it is my favorite uh, joke horror movie. I think it's a good choice. I love it. 
Uh, so for this one, I also love your honorable mention. Holy shit. Uh, it's so good. Uh, but I'll name mine just briefly. Tucker and Dale yeah. versus evil is also, good movie. yeah, it's just a good bit of like comedic irony of these two hillbillies, uh, just being as pleasant as possible. And then dealing with these like millennial ass millennials and it just, going and it's on. like, <laughs> so it's, so it's just, south. it's that. It's a, it's like the, the modern, like, you know, redneck horror version of Shakespeare's comedy of errors. Yes, you know, it's like, exactly. they're trying to kill us. It's like, no, no, they're trying to kill us, you know, and then just like die. They're right. dying because of their own ineptitude. Um, and it's hysterical. And then, um, and Alan Tudyk is so funny. Mm-hmm. He is so funny, uh, but I love him. It's good performances. The other thing that I have written down as my honorable mention is actually not a movie, but a series of shorts, which okay. I, Oh God! Please, have you have you not seen Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Uh huh. Oh my God! It is something that I still quote to this day. Uh, it is there is just so many good quotable lines. Uh, it is it's such a good like Stephen. You know how like it makes fun of like Stephen King era horror. In it, it takes this Garth Marenghi person uh, who's like an author. And they do a, it's like a retrospective on this show that they made. Uh, And it is dry British humor, but put into the context of what if like all Stephen, all bad Stephen King horror, like fucking loved itself. What if it just loved itself so much and was so earnest about it? And it is, oh, it's so thick. It's so good. Uh, And just shot with the most, uh, Actually, you know what? I wonder if the same director is not the same director as your honorable mention, which you can talk about while I look this up. Yeah. We'll, I was just about to look it up myself, but that's fine. I'll talk while you look. Um, what we do in the shadows. Oh, man. Uh, it's a very good. A very similar like- style of... Uh, uh, gosh, what am, I've lost my train of thought. Uh documentary it's a mockumentary yeah mockumentary um mockumentary and then like you know borderline found footage but uh but it's mockumentary uh yeah taika waititi excuse me um taika waititi i wanted to make sure i was pronouncing that right yeah who directed uh well thor ragnarok and he was also one of and and he's been instrumental with uh the flight of the concords boy and as well very good yeah and it's uh and uh, did, and he also did Moana, but what we do in the shadows, yeah, it's this you know low budget Mo, um, New Zealand, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, horror comedy where it, they do the, they do a similar thing what with Cabin in the Woods you were talking about, except for all the different tropes of horror creatures, they only they they just narrow down on vampire. So you have like you know you have your Bram Stoker's Dracula type <laughs> vampire, then you have your Twilight type vampire, you have your Nosferatu type the, the vampire. Nosferatu is so good. I love that one. I love that one so much. And I love when he's just, when, uh, yeah, there he's going through and he's opening the bedrooms of all the different, and the coffins of all the different roommates. But it's this, it's this also this odd coupling, uh, comedy, this odd couple type comedy where they're just, they're just, you know, roommates. They're just dissimilar, they're dissimilar vampire types, but that makes them dissimilar roommates, you know? Um, <laughs> I love when he opens up, uh, Jermaine Clement's room and he's playing the, he's playing the super sexy Bram Stoker's dracula type vampire and he opens up his bedroom first and it's like it's this orgy scene shot from the top but you're looking into it horizontally (laughs) and it's just all these like silk sheets and these like nude women writhing he just looks up at the door and hisses and then closes it real fast 
then he opens it back up and he's just standing there in a robe. <laughs> it's just God, it's so funny. Or like when uh, they have a new vampire uh, and he eats one French fry and they're like, no, 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 don't. And he's like, you know, why? He, what, he just eats one French fry and then he's just cut, hard cut, spitting like geyser of blood. Yeah, like fire hose levels of blood. That's yeah. <laughs> so good. So, so good. It's just, uh, that is just, it's Peter. just another one. Don't bother. It he lives in the basement. It nails all the tropes. I love it. <laughs> Peter, time to eat. And they throw the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh God, man. Yeah. Just the, the delivery on like so many of the lines, like the, like the jokes that they play, like, oh, do you like that spaghetti? Are you sure uh, you don't like eating worms? <laughs> And like yeah. the way that they deliver it is like, mm-hmm. like it's known that you're supposed to be like, oh, like these are just like hilariously sad people. I love. It. I know they're just bored. <laughs> they're old. They're ancient. They're bored. And I love because that's that's a scene. Like every single one of those things can be taken from something. Like that scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they set up the scene is their own because it's like a dinner table. Yeah. But like the whole like look at it. Like, it's worms now. Like that's from Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. The Lost Boys where he's like giving uh, the Jason Patrick character Chinese food and he makes him see the rice as maggots and makes him see the noodles as worms. Um, so it's just, it's again, it's another one of those like, man, they, they know this genre. They know it in and out and they, they clearly love it because they're having so much fun with it. And I love the way that the, uh, the werewolves are portrayed and <laughs> that they specifically like don't want to be werewolves. They're like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like they, their own AA meeting, but for werewolves, yeah. uh, it, it's just, uh, it's so good. Uh, it's so good. Definitely. Everybody should see that. Oh, what we yes. do in the shadows. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. And then the movie that we talked about earlier, we mentioned, we brought it up earlier and we should talk about it now though but okay. Shaun of the Dead was your honorable mention and Shaun I think of the it Dead fits here I think it fits here too because I think it also does the thing I was saying earlier about Tucker and Dale which is um it's both a horror film and a comedy it's mm-hmm. not like a, it's not a comedy making fun of horror movies it's it's both of these things like they're they're living in this reality and I think Oh, it's just one of the sharpest. There are still very human moments that you can go, oh, I'm actually horrified by this this situation where, like, he has to kill his mom, right? Right, right. Oh, like, he's actually, you can feel that character dreading that moment, but also we're going to have a laugh right up until that moment. Exactly. Like, where he's, like, he's crying because, you know, his best friend, uh, Ed, is turning into a zombie. He's dying right in front of him. And, you know, so they're just getting out their grievances and he's apologizing for all the thing. And, but they're still best friends. And Ed is still an atrociously immature person. So he farts, you know, <laughs> and it's like he's like he does the whole like, I'm sorry, too. It's like, for what? And then he goes, sorry, Sean. And then, and just then even like, oh. as a, a zombie, they maintain their friendship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's it's just that perfect. Like it knows what tracks it's on and runs them parallel perfectly like they don't have to subvert either genre that the comedy doesn't have to subvert the or undermine actually i want to say undermine the comedy doesn't undermine the horror and the horror doesn't undermine the comedy it's just it's just well done and i think what people have to really like look at specifically with edgar wright films is that the filmography the way that things are shot the cuts that happen 
are all in service of either the comedy or the horror and sometimes mm-hmm. both like the they can use editing techniques that are funny uh, it doesn't just have to be the jokes that the people are telling or this the witty writing even though the writing here is very good it can just yeah. be a trick of editing that you go oh that was just really smart funny shot like the yeah. composition of this or the hard cut to something mundane was actually really good or there was something in the background there what was that uh what's actually happening here like the i love how like the opening scene is basically like the apocalypse is happening like yeah. it is transpiring around him during his just very mundane commute to work yeah uh, it's very but good. i also lo- and and just like those like horror films it still it still makes a commentary it's it's you know it's the whole like uh you know becoming a zombie in our in our you know yeah. daily in, our, in the rat race you know we're, we're we've become zombies in the rat race that daily commute you know it's just like we're just we're not living our best lives mm-hmm. and you know we need something we need you know what do we need to shake up to shake ourselves up to live our best lives it's great yeah. it's great, great movie. movie great movie uh, right. and speaking of great movies we have to talk about the next set of mm-hmm. movies which has my favorite movie of all time in it this is my number one actually <clears throat> ooh uh, but the conceit here is that fucking, I don't know, 12 is like an alien ex- science experiment. Yeah, of course he is. To sci-fi horror movies. What do you got? <laughs> My, well, let me ask, I gotta you, say, ask, ask you this. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like Street Fighter stuff, is there any other like way to pull in sci-fi here? I was really grasping uh-huh. at straws because I Maybe. wanted to bring in that <laughs> like sci-fi, sci-fi horror. But I guess this was the best I have. Maybe Seth in Street Fighter 4. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's like he's, a scientist. He toes the line. Okay. Yeah, he toes the line. You know, he's like a little, he's like, I mean, he's kind of like a Frankenstein. He's a, he's, he a, he's like a one of your honorable mentions, maybe a little bit. Oh, a little bit. Okay. Bit. I see what you're saying. Uh, but okay. Uh, but okay. With that in mind, sci fi horror, it's a genre. Uh, what do you got? Well, my favorite. Oh, but it's funny because I love that you said your. Because I can, okay, folks at home, I can see the list, so I know what Joe is talking about, and I love your favorite movie. I mean, your favorite movie, mm, we'll just talk about it when we get there, but mine in the sci-fi horror genre is The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, not the 2011? Uh, not the 2011. That totally breaks everything about how, what The Thing should be? Oh, right, not that. not that one. The one, the one that was the, the remake? No, it was the <laughs> prequel, but no, it was named The Thing. It was... We kept the same title. No, I'm talking about the thing. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter's the thing. Um, yeah, I, and it's fun because watching it now. So right now, I don't know. I'm I, I maintain a, a political attention. I look at the. I, I I like to know what's going on in the world. And it is hard it, to avoid in the year of our Lord 2018. 2018, and it is hard to avoid, and especially like if you participate in social media, you'll see it. And and moreover, you'll see the you'll see this. Uh, the social side of politics mm-hmm. where it's, we are very much in like a, a, a paranoid state. If you go out there and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, if I start interacting with these people, am I going to get doxxed? Am I going to get swatted? Like, are, am I going to, am I going to go viral? Um, is somebody going to make me the poster child of their cause? Like what? I mean, that's, that's a little far, but, that is part of the reality of where we live in. So the thing is this paranoid drama, this paranoia, uh, this horror of paranoia, where it's like, 
Who is it? What is it? Where is it? Who am I amongst? Am I amongst allies or am I amongst people? something that wants to kill me right because it isn't really it's not revealed until much later in the film it goes it paces itself so slowly even though the thing is making moves within the uh within the base that they're where is this uh antarctica Antarctica. uh where they have their base uh the dog arrives to their base comes on to their base uh i feel i mm, as someone who empathizes with dogs, that whole dog scene is troublesome to me. I know. <laughs> I know. It's a little bothersome, but also hella good effects. Yeah. That dog's head opens up like a flower blooming, and it is like, oh, okay, this is what this movie is about. Yeah. The the, the gore, or rather the body horror. Yeah. The body horror is exquisite. There's so many, like when you watch the thing, if you're really watching with your eyes open and you're not playing on your phone or anything like that, yeah. it sticks with you. Oh, like just in that, in, it sticks in your gut. We should like say, just, by the way, for all of these movies that we've mentioned that are on this list, like these are all movies that you should watch as a movie. Like don't, don't be distracted with these. Like the, I don't think there's a movie listed here except for maybe one or two in honorable mentions that are just like feasts for the eyes. Like you watch yeah. it and it's, it is 100% enjoyable. This is one, I mean, definitely one of those movies. Absolutely. If you, I mean, you will just never forget the time where, you know, a, a doctor throws his hands with a defibrillator through a guy's stomach because it opened up into a mouth and bit his arms off. That's like that part. is, and then the head rips itself off the body, throws its tongue around a chair from like five feet away and turns into a spider. Like this is the stuff that's in the thing, and these and are it's practical gorgeous. effects. It's, these are not these are not CG animation. It's a whole bunch right. of tricks, either like through stop motion, through reverse cinematography. There's just so many yeah. tricks of cinema at play here that work so well. And even just as simple as puppets. Puppets. puppets yes, yeah, there's really good maybe, puppet I mean, work here. Yeah, really good it's prosthetic incredible. work. As I mean, well. just watch the thing. <laughs> prosthetic work yeah um uh and and there's there's so much because it's so you know it's so paranoid it's such a mm-hmm. uh, it's so wrapped and dripping with paranoia that w- when you go back it doesn't give anything away uh, overtly and it never does yeah. never does not even to the end yeah. so you have to watch so but once you know some of the tricks you go back and watch and and the second time watching, you're like, oh my God, that was, there's a moment. Like there's a part in the very beginning or, or toward the beginning where they have the dog. And if it's your first time watching, you don't know, you don't know what's up with the dog. You don't know. So there's a scene, a very quiet scene where the dog is just walking through the hallway, sniffing. It goes into a room that's open. You see the silhouette of, yes. a, of a person by the lamplight. Right by the lamp, but you don't know who it is. So from the very start, you never know who was the first infected. You know, it's that's that's the kind of like tension that this movie uh, is wrought with. I, oh, I love it. The thing mm. is, just from start to finish, I could just, I could watch the thing over and over and over. No, it's so it's really, it has one of the, probably the best jump scare in any movie. Which one are you talking about? Uh, the blood test. Oh, the blood test. Yes. In that, yes. specifically for that shot, uh, is that 
they do that angle and that's actually not uh kurt russell's hand mm-hmm. the, even the first time that they show where he dips the thing into the petri dish the um, uh, the hot copper wire yeah when he yeah he dri- dips the hot copper wire to to that would scare the the thing the thing that would make it move i, I suppose uh yeah. the first time he does it the blood is just regular human blood but the the hand that is shown in that shot is not his hand. It's the hand that they use in the next shot where he goes to dip the wire in. But this time it's like a catapult. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, like who would have seen that coming? Like and because mm-hmm. it's not like a thing that jumps. Well, I keep saying the thing because it's not like a, <laughs> a murderer that jumps out. It's not a like a ghost behind uh, that just appears. It is just. A little flip of blood, it just goes black. <laughs> yep. But like, it is this such a tense moment because so much of the tension has been built up in the movie to that scene of everybody is on fucking edge. Yeah. Like, they are ready to listen. Someone, something here has to be murdered, and yep. I don't know who the fuck it is. Right. Uh, and also, like, the other part about that is that, like, once they find out who who is the thing like what the fuck was their plan right it's like because then it reveals itself to them and it and things go pretty bad yeah (laughs) things do not go well for anyone in that room pretty much yeah that moment on it's like oh but it's also really smart too because when they discover it, it there's more people to go you know what I mean? So it's not it's not like the uh, the process of elimination reveal. Yeah, Kurt it's Russell the, is uh, not the the last person alive yet. Right. It's like it's just law of averages. We just know that oh my god, we still have more people to go through like this blood test and <laughs> we've already killed we've confirmed that we killed a human who was not a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just that oh that paranoia is so good. It's it's also it's just, shot uh, so well. It's another one of those movies that's lit with good natural lighting in a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. really good reds and blues in this movie. Yeah, which is and and the lighting is key uh, because uh, Carpenter re- uh, revealed uh, dec- like two decades later that uh, there's a there's a little trick of the light that indicates who is a thing and who's not. Oh, but really? that I actually, that's actually something I actually really, I actually don't want to say, uh, in the Tell podcast me afterwards. Cause okay, I want, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> this will be a that, secret for me to know and for you that, to find out. Exactly. Cause that's one of those things that it's like, it's so good. It's so cool when you notice it, but you can only figure it out on a repeat viewing, but nobody oh. did. So he just revealed it like 20 years later. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Okay, so to end the conversation on the thing, uh, at the very end, is that kerosene? Is that kerosene mm-hmm. in the... Th- yeah. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that what he's drinking in the end? Or is it, I think, or is it alcohol? Uh, I always thought it was alcohol. I don't know. I just don't, I just don't want to think that he's... I want to think... No. I just... I don't know. You know what I'm getting at. Kurt yep. Russell, he can't emulate himself because he's real. He's real. All right, folks. Uh, moving on. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So moving on to what is my favorite more movie of all time, but also favorite sci-fi horror movie, Alien. Mm-hmm. Just Alien, not Aliens. Star Beast. 
Aliens <laughs> is a different movie from Alien. Ag- yeah, it's uh, an action. Yeah, that's Sci-fi. an action movie with like horror elements. It's very like Predator-like yeah. in that sense, which we can also talk about later. Uh, but Alien is... Uh, where to start? I just love everything about the world of Alien in that it takes place in the far-flung future, right? But everything is still like physical. There's a physicality to everything. They still need space truckers. Like, yeah, that's the what movie they are. opens on an impossibly huge spaceship, the the Nostromo, uh, and they're just they're just truckers. And guess what? They act like truckers. Uh, and also, who cares about like their sexuality, their sexual orientation? Who cares about like? their gender their gender they they just they treat each other like future truckers and it's like oh man like i care about these people like the scenes around the the table in the the commons room is like oh it's just uh, these guys are doing goofs on each other like i yeah they have smoking cigarettes they're smoking cigarettes they're just truckers uh but then things go awry and people make some bad decisions uh, which may or may not be like it, you later learn to be like, oh no, the company that they work for totally fucked them over. Because guess what? It's the future, and companies are still fucking people over. <laughs> like, of course they are. Like, the companies, act- the corporations. <laughs> who actually cares about humanity? Fucking no one. <laughs> the person who cares yeah. is the person who's like going to get paid at the end of the day. Right. Oh, it's so good. But like, I guess like my whole history with this movie though is that my first introduction to this movie is actually so Disney World used to have a ride called, called the, the Great Movie something. The Great uh, Movie Ride. The Great Movie Ride. Great Movie Ride. Yeah. Ride. It's, it's, just, it's just that simple. <laughs> it's the Great Movie Ride. Yeah. Uh, so the Great Movie Ride. Before you get on the ride, they show. It's just a very simple, like, you go through and there's, like, scenes of movies and the the person who's driving you around in this, like, big car with a bunch of people and they act out scenes in front of you, like, that are planned, that are, like, not supposed, like, look planned and they interact with, like, the different people from the different movies and it's, like, uh, it's a fun adventure, right? Uh, but specifically before you get on the ride, when you're waiting in line, they show you the trailers. That to me was my first introduction to alien because I saw that trailer as, as a kid and I was like, yo, this is what's up with that white cat. What is that white cat scared of? What's going on? Why is, why am I so tense watching a movie trailer? Why am I so interested? Like, there was something of the way that they built it. And then that just spoke to what the movie actually is when you go to watch it, because you are also thinking, well, I don't know actually what the fuck's going on. You don't see the alien until mm-hmm. you see like glimpses of it, because it's probably like if they showed you the whole alien, you'd probably go, Oh, that looks real dumb. But the parts that they do show you of the alien, you go, oh, that's actually horrifying. You think when he's in the the, the air ducts and the vents and he turns around the flamethrower and it's like, oh, that's the fucking alien. But it's just like a couple frames of going like, rah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure if you like pause it there, I haven't done this uh, because I don't want to ruin it for myself, but I'm sure if you like pause it there, it's just like, oh, that's just like a rah. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> like all I can think, it's, it's probably very silly. But at the time you go, oh, that was horrifying because I right. only saw that thing for just a second. And then like the people are in that room like, where is he? It's not beef anymore. John, like it's yep. yelling his name and it's, oh man, just everyone is so fucking stressed out. Uh, wondering like, cause they don't know what the thing is either. That's yeah. They have no idea. They, have no they just idea. know it moves. They, they just, just know, know they that found... something very bad happened at dinner <laughs> a couple yeah. hours prior and have no idea what that thing turned into uh, because it, bursts out it this is where the chest burster comes from and the uh they so they don't call it the xenomorph ever right. in this movie and I, I, do they ever start calling it that in the the alien universe do you know to my knowledge i can't pinpoint at least for memory where they actually use the name the word xenomorph if ever hmm. i just know the creature i think they call it like the creature the alien yeah, just like so the many organism. people over time just call it, oh, that's the that's the xenomorph. But right. I think that's just the like bio- a general term for like xeno, like out of world morph. Fucking out of yeah. uh, Regardless, I love this movie. It's Beautiful. so good. I love the world. I love the that video game that came out, the Alien Isolation. Oh, isolation. It's so good because they and basically love- re- yeah they recreate the. The things that you like, the world that you live in, to like mm-hmm. care about the the place that you are, oh, it's super good. And I love too, like when it came out, because like Star Wars came out two years prior, and mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, so Star Wars sort of uh, introduced the idea that uh, the sci-fi future or, or the sci-fi can sell. And I'm um, sorry, and I'm saying the future, but it's not the future. But I meant like the sci- that sci-fi look, that futuristic look. Uh, doesn't have to be so sanitary. It can be dirty. It can be sandy. It can be just grimy mm-hmm. um, and swampy. And I think the alien uh, and Ridley Scott just took that much further. That it's like, yeah, like you said, like this is this they're truckers. So they're, you know, so their 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 vehicle, their cargo ship is it's dripping. It's it's greasy and it's it's grungy and slimy and it's. And I love that. I love the look, like the hanging, like hanging chains. Yeah, I'll always for chains. I'll, yes. I'll always associate hanging chains uh, with with alien. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. the rustling of the chains and just like that's just that sound is so scary when it's like you know it's like a little uh, just uh, wet hanging chains. <laughs> right. It's like that signal that it's like something just moved those chains. Like it's it's so mm-hmm. it's so uh, you know quiet when it needs to be. Um, and, and, you know, they sold it. They sold it and executed it perfectly. Uh, Dan O'Bannon sold it as Jaws in Space. That's how he pitched it. Hmm. You know, because that's Smart. all it is. Yeah. It's just a, for, it's a okay. force of nature. It's a bug. It's an animal. No, yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. Because if you think about uh, the what they are fighting against in Jaws, that is not the shark. It's like he's fighting against the... The, with the fucking mayor who's like we gotta have summer the kids love summer make right, my summer right. safe <laughs> yeah, it's gonna bring it's in like, business we're gonna lose so much business right and then it's like give me permission to destroy the creature or whatever give me the information and it's like no no you're expendable mm-hmm. says Wayland Johnny Corporation and uh, Ian Holmes android character oh, yeah that reveal that he's an android and that like milky blood is yeah oh, it's so <sighs> good because that's just another part that's just like, oh, that's disturbing. He's like, he's got plastic veins 
and it's milk. Yeah, it's What's oh, up with it's that? so. You know what the thing about making the film that would have made me just like I bet this was hell on set that one day is when they're dissecting the face hugger, mm-hmm. the the innards uh, were actually mostly organic. It was basically just it was basically just like KY jelly and raw oysters. <laughs> Can you imagine? And so all day under these hot lights, they're like pouring over these these raw oysters and having to dissect it like this animal was like oh and i think a few of them like i think veronica cartwright like got sick to her stomach and were just like this is this is not gross i believe it <laughs> i believe it that's the kind they, of set that they were running you know it's it, it yeah. has that kind of real physical sickness to it uh and everything is just so off-putting and just makes you nervous the entire way through it's just such a good nerve-wracking movie in the same way that the thing is very good nerve-wracking and very because yeah, it's like because it's not only it's like because yeah it was similar with the i was just about to say with the thing and alien is it's not just the reveals of where it is but it's the tension of where is it right now because i can't see it you yeah. know and it's not here have, oh, yeah it's so good so where is it not it's coming not here for you. i see it on the map i don't see it <laughs> right and it's like I, we know it's here we know it, the thing just burned someone's clothes so it was listening on, in on the plan about the blood and the alien it's like it's just a dot on a radar yeah. like, and it's god, coming towards you god get out of there oh man yeah. it's so good and then like uh, there are other uh, the other mm, there's so much i want to talk about this movie we have to move on but like yeah. I could talk about this movie forever because the the moments where the captain is up in like the captain's chair talking to the mainframe computer, just asking it questions, and the computer's like, "I can't tell you." Yeah. I can't oh yeah. Give you directions. Yeah. Just uh, bring it. Bring it to us, basically. Just keep moving. Like yeah, the Tom Skerritt character. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's so good. It's wonderful. All right, but that is my. Uh, my horror film, my favorite sci-fi horror. Uh, my honorable mention here is reanimator. I think it's like a funny choice. I just think it's funny. It's funny. It's, it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's Not just a, it's a fun little romp there, and good music too. Like, yeah, the, well, cause the opening theme is basically the same as psychos opening theme. Yeah. Just like, a little jumpier has yeah. a little more bounce to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just made for the, for the era. Uh, but it's good. It's fun. It's it's goofy. Yeah, There's a scene gross. where it's a drippy. decapitated head eats out a naked lady, and like good on yeah. her. That's like it. Do, it doesn't do it's that bad. though. It gets right up to that moment, and like by the time you're like, okay, this has gone too far, it pulls back. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it it shows you just enough of that of being like, oh, by the way, this is we're we're gonna test that boundary. And then yeah, it's just ah, I got gotcha. you. It's another one of those '80s, like like '80s was a decade of excess. Yeah, you it's know? a farce too. So, it's it's a farce, yeah. basically that happens to have horror elements. Yeah. Uh, it's very good, but I love uh, it. Your honorable mentions here. Mine was well, Predator. Um, which I'll say really quickly. I mean, I know Predator is Predator is a horror movie. It's I mean, it's a monster movie, but you know, it's it's only got a, it's got a toe. Maybe a whole foot, but it's got a toe in, in the horror genre. I would say when, mostly when it's just I like... I was a kid, I was horrified of that movie. I mean, it is scary at times. because like because you can't see him. Because uh, you can't see him until certain three moments. three lights and then you're dead. And then, uh, but uh, 
and I do, and as a kid, I always liked the predator creature more than I like the alien creature. Uh, but that's not where mm-hmm. I stand right now. I think I, I think as a character, I do like the predator as a creature better than alien. I think I still hold hold that, but I don't think. I think the highest high. I think that the predator films never hit the highest highs of the alien films. Mm-hmm. It never gets as good as Alien or Aliens. Never does. But see, I like the Predator better than I like Aliens. Okay, that's where Wait, I, I'm no. gonna combat you on that one. I like the Predator better than Aliens. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. I think I, I still. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I, I hold my own uh, standards still true. I think that Aliens overall hits me better. That's fair. Hits me it's with a very good oomph. movie. But uh, but yeah, like I mean, that's the thing. Like they're like Predator, uh, Pred- but Predator is still so good. And even Predator Two has its moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as a franchise, I think it's well, it's better put together. Like between Predator, Predator Two, and Predators, the Predator was garbage. By the way, we're not talking um, about that. We're not talking about it. <laughs> not I think show. that I think that at worst, I think at worst, it's only like it never hits the lowest low of the alien franchise being alien three alien resurrection. Uh, um, aliens gets pretty low. God, alien. It gets pretty low and alien covenant pretty low. is not a bad, is not a poorly made movie, but it pissed me off. Alien covenant does not count. Cannot count. It cannot count. It doesn't fit. The aliens versus predator, man. The more they make them, we all lose. That's yeah. the saying to the, for those movies, right? Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the more they make them, the more we lose. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think that's uh, what it says. Uh, but no, it. you're right. And Aliens does have a very good Bill Paxton. Has a very good Bill Paxton. Um, hell, even has a good Paul Reiser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as another shady government <clears throat> government dupe. Um, but yeah, I think like, I think honestly, on a on a good day, I think I can sw- I can swap back and forth because I don't I don't disagree with you. I don't. I don't not share your sentiment. I think mm-hmm. on a good day, I think Predator, depending on my mood, I would rather see Predator than Aliens. Okay. Um, but Alien is, I agree with you. I think Alien is the best in the franchise. And I think it doesn't get as much love as Aliens. Right on. But it but it does. Right with it you deserves on it. Deserves it. Hell yeah. Um, and then the other mention that I had was The Fly, uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly. It is a Cronenberg-ass Cronenberg movie. Harry Cronenberg. This to me defined Cronenberg movies. That is a, it is just a meaty, uh, dripping, succulent, juicy Cronenberger uh, right there. Um, just all those things, uh, very much in the in the 80s excess. Um, yeah, that's true. And just a oh, but then like, uh, but there's this great, but then there's just these great lines too. I mean, Jeff Goldblum is oh, Goldblum wonderful. is perfect in that movie. He's so he's so Goldblumy, super good. Um, a good and, young and, Goldblum. And uh, there's this one line where he's just like, uh, he brings home a uh, uh, a woman from a bar after he breaks that guy's arm in the arm wrestling, which is one of the uh, oh my god. So ooh, I, that stuck with me as a kid. I always yeah. remember that. There are like, things that haunt your dreams as adults. That's one of them. Like, yeah, that, for a little bit, I, I had blocked out what movie it came from because I saw it when I was like six or something like that. And then as a teenager, I was like, oh, yeah, this is that movie. I remember this scene. But then um, then he says, uh, so the girl, he, he, and then he just grabs that guy's girlfriend and then takes her by the hand out of the bar and takes her home. And uh, she says, and she's like asking him all these questions that she says, are you a bodybuilder or something? Like, how'd you do that? Are you a bodybuilder or something? And then he says, uh, yeah, I'm a bodybuilder. 
I take all the bodies apart and I put them back together again. And like, and I was like, dude, that's such a good line. <laughs> yeah, that is like a action hero movie level of line. That's pretty yeah. good. That's but good the way writing. he says it, he says it like he's not even looking. He's just walking. He's like, he, well, he's like a fly at this Nonchalant, point. He's distracted. Yeah. He's yeah, and he's just like, and he's just like, he's looking at all di- directions. Like he's he's just distracted. Um, Very well life. acted from from Goldman so in, in that movie. So good. But those are my two uh, honorables. And that kind of leads into our next topic, uh, specifically with the fly. He's quite a monster. Uh, but Blanca is kind of a monster. He is. Unless he's also the reason wanna, I ever got into Street Fighter. Unless you want to go the whole Street Fighter the movie lore where he's actually <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, Nash. Charlie Nash. And he's a science experiment, which I could have done that earlier in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, but Blanc oh, is kind well. of a monster, river monster. Uh, so what's your favorite monster movie? You know, I I had a tough time with this question because hmm. I listed, you see, I listed a few. Yeah. Uh, because monsters aren't really my go-to. I mean, honestly, That's really. Fair. That's fair. In there's retrospect, some maybe. genres that a lot of people kind of lean towards. And there's not often a lot of human drama in monster right. movies. Now, I'm going to actually just pick one of mine it might be my mention but the classic the the 1942 wolfman mm-hmm. um i think really at the heart that is my favorite uh i've always loved werewolves uh because i feel like werewolves kind of go into that sort of that jekyll and hyde you know sort of that hulk uh because they have to live duality. with their humanity and then have that transition they do yeah and it's like and it's always that like you know it's that monster within it's always you know that literal Mm-hmm. monster coming out kind of thing and then and then, but then dealing with uh dealing with the very real consequences of of living with this darkness you know um and it can be anything as like you know rage issues or love issues or loveless issues things like that um and the original wolfman was actually written as an allegory for um the holocaust and uh because oh, so i didn't know that the writer yeah the writer uh of the screenplay was was a holocaust survivor he fled uh he fled europe uh and came to america and i mean and when you so the idea is that you know you would be marked so in the wolfman in the universal wolfman you are marked with a five point star so Mm -hmm. you're so the symbol that you wear being a werewolf is a is a star it's a five point not a six point but historically in in nazi germany it was a six point star if you were jewish so and so he that was very overt and it's and, and when you hear that it's like oh yeah duh um and so then as a wolfman he is branded with the star and now that the star is visible he's on basically he's being hunted huh. and his life you know so there there is the allegory right there um so it does it, it holds this i mean it's not scary anymore right. you know it, when you watch it now i mean it's just it's just a it's, it's a it's a classic black and white horror movie um but i think lon chaney jr like he really he really toes the line of like he's this happy-go-lucky uh you know aristocrat you know coming home for Mm -hmm. uh you know to see his family up front and then um and it's a very old style of acting it's not really like the uh Ilya kazan uh it's not Marlon a method Brandon. actor here. It wasn't the method, you know. It was very much like a studio picture acting of the right. of the early forties. But you watch it, and it's like, man, I do feel like I do feel that you are feeling this. I do, I do feel that, and I just think like in that in that duality of man that we were talking about, right. that duality of humanity, uh, the Wolfman just gets it. 
just gets it. All right. Well, my answer for this uh, brings us to our second bacon of the night. Our second helping of bacon. Our second house, second serving right at you. Uh, I fucking love Tremors. That movie is so much fun. <laughs> Tremors is. is so good. It even has the grandpa, the grandpa from uh, Three Ninjas. He gets pulled <laughs> into the ground, man. And he's also in another John Carpenter, Kurt Russell movie, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Big that Trouble in Little China is a legitimately good movie. It's not a horror that's a movie. movie. That's it's some good ass fun. That's some. That's some very good Kurt Russell because he's oh. he's like supposedly the hero of that movie, but he is yeah. not the hero of that movie. No. Oh no, no, he's not. He's he is just not. an unfortunate buffoon that happens to have a skill, but. Uh, anyway, no Tremors. Uh, I love Tremors. It's such a good script. Uh, the way that things are revealed, almost everything. There's a Chekhov's gun for everything. Uh, like earlier, they just set up the world because it's a small world. They're out in it's the fucking desert, and it's like a town of population. What I think the sign says, it's like population ten or something like that. Something like, like that. It's just a. It's a general store and a couple of campers. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's it. Uh, so all of everybody knows each other and uh, it just so happens that a, a monster because like comes upon or monsters come upon them uh, in a way that like the way that every part about the tremors is revealed of like how they, they navigate and they are attracted to uh, vibrations. There's that great scene where they finally realize, and they're in the the general store. Like nobody move. Like they're attracted to vibrations, and everyone's quiet. And then you hear, yeah, and yeah. it's the little girl on the pogo stick <laughs> out the window, okay. and they're like, "We gotta run and save that girl now." Uh, but the pogo stick is set up earlier uh, in the shop. The the refrigerator, like. It's on the fritz and shaking is set up earlier. Uh, yeah. There's even some really beautiful shots like early on where the two of the guys, Kevin Bacon and um, uh, da, 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 what's his face from The Walking Dead. Uh, um, yeah, I know you're talking Fred about Ward, Fred Ward. Uh, regardless, uh, they're they're out investigating uh, where the tremors had just been because they're they're just out there checking on these people who hadn't uh, gotten in touch because it's again it's a small town, and like as they're walking through the scene, they're like kicking over buckets and like making vibrations and noise that like would technically put them in danger, but they don't know yet. It's just these nice little touches that when you go back and look at it, you go, oh yeah, like it's just every part of the scene makes sense with the story. Uh, and it has some of, it has one scene that I think is bad cinematography and it's that one shot of the green screen. Uh, but they do the thing in action or like in monster movies and in horror movies that like typically doesn't work. And they totally spin it on their head in that, you know, that move, that moment in the horror movie where the guy's like, I'm just going to grab this gun and I'm going to fight the thing. And then the monster just kills him because it's like the monster is unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, but in Tremors, <laughs> it, it bursts through the, the basement wall of these two preppers basically uh, what amounts to preppers today, but like back in the, the 90s, uh, burst through their wall and they they just start shooting. They have all these guns and ammunition and they're shooting at it with these two guns that they have and there's a slow reveal. The camera pulls back and it's just an entire wall of guns. 
that like that tremor walked into the wrong basement because it's right. just going to get shot up with literally all the guns. Right. Uh, and there's I, a perfect scene there too. This perfect shot where uh, he's shooting the gun and he runs out of ammo. So he throws it on the ground. Camera pans down to the gun and then it transitions. Same shot to, it turns into a miniature shot, miniature gun. There's a little miniature bullet on the ground and then it pans over to the, to the puppet tremor. So it all looks like this one fluid, nice shot that really brings you into it. It's like, it's just, it's this little tricks of cinematography to make you feel like this big hunking thing is in that basement when it, it just wasn't. Right. Oh, it's such a good Tremors is good. It's Tremors is good. good. It's under like as a series, it I feel like the sequels no. kinda no, uh they're, they're bad. Don't watch Tremors. Put it, yeah. yeah, don't watch the sequels. Any of them. Just Tremors one. Although Michael I mean, good on Michael Gross for like really riding it out. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean after you know, because like after uh, Family Ties, it's like, man, you got you got to do something, right? So just get all, go from Family Ties to Tremors. Um, That's I think there's even a Tremors movie like this year, and he's in it. So good no on him. Fucking way! I don't even want to think about that. But Tremors one, <laughs> Tremors with Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre, and I mean, probably the only time I'd ever be like, yeah, Reba was really good. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just a, it's good. It's a fun movie. It's our second Bacon in the Night. So go ahead and watch that. Uh, my honorable mention here, which like I know is a bad movie, but I like it's it. Not terrible. It's not terrible. I like Cloverfield. I like, like Cloverfield. Cloverfield, man. Like it. Just like it. Just do you. <sighs> yeah. It has some I things know about been. it. I love Cloverfield Lane. 10 Cloverfield Lane is actually a legitimately good movie. Which I have not seen, but I've seen oh, Cloverfield. have you not? It's a very, very good John Goodman. Okay. He is incredible in that movie. I don't know if it's necessarily a horror movie. It is definitely a tense movie. Go watch Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> okay. And I then will. go watch Cloverfield Paradox and be like, mm, the hell was this? That's not even like funny bad. Right. It might be funny bad, but it's not quite there. It's too, they tried too hard. It's not a good movie, uh, but that's my honorable mentions. The, the first Cloverfield, I would say. I'm down with it. Um, and wasn't TJ Miller in that? Oh, I feel man. like he was the camera guy or something like that. I can't remember. That might be true. Um, I don't remember Cloverfield. It's been, wow, it's been like 11 years since I I've seen that movie. I liked how grand, grounded it felt. It was those things that like they set it up at a party and they're taping and they're showing like they're taping over something uh, that is later revealed to be important to the character who like is supposed to matter at the end of the movie. Uh, And I don't know, just the way that you see those interactions between people before like things actually go bad. It's like, Oh man, uh, I kind of, I believe this world. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I care about these people, but I feel like they're real. I don't know if I like them, but I feel like they exist in the world that I exist in. Yeah. And, and it's you like, you see the statue of Liberty head roll by and you go, Oh, things are bad. Right. And I feel like as long as they are, they don't have to be likable, but as lo- I mean, I think there's plenty of properties out there where the character, which prove the characters don't have to be likable, but as long as they feel real that you can just, you can, you can enjoy watching them, you know, right. the stakes that they're in. I think, uh, on the comedic side, like, you know, Seinfeld and it's always sunny. It's like two massively popular shows where the characters are not likable. 
yeah, whatsoever. The characters in It's Always Sunny are redeemable whatsoever. Whatsoever, uh, but I like watching their antics because they don't even they don't feel realistic. But it was sort of the thing that we were talking about before yeah, that they're, they're not realistic, but, life, yeah. but they do feel true. Yeah, I feel I feel that with Cloverfield. I get that with Cloverfield. Anyway, that's my yeah. honorable mention. Um, well, my honorable, I'll just, I'm not going to dwell on them, but original King Kong, 1933, love it. Godzilla, mm-hmm. 1954, love it. The one I would talk about is American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Because it's, it's another werewolf movie, but I mean, just for nothing else, everyone always talks about the werewolf effects and they're just right. I don't want to beat it, you know, beat a dead horse. It's just see it for that transformation mm-hmm. um, and see it for how fun it is too. It's another one where it's like, this might be a werewolf. It might be exactly what it looks like, or it might be just a guy who maybe got a little traumatized or maybe he's crazy and killed his best friend and is killing yeah. people. And but that last like shot that was best friend has some, some of the most fun on screen in that movie. Oh, I know Griffin. Anytime Dunn. he appears, it's like, Oh boy, I bet he was having a good day on set. Right. I know. And it's like, even when he gets like, he's just super slathered in prosthetics and blood <laughs> yeah. and it's, he, it's just, yeah. Griffin Dunn is the actor. He was, he was just having a good time. You just can tell. chewing and, up the scenery and, and delivering his lines, the, the with the perfect, uh, perfect delivery. Perfect. Um, um, and then David Naughton as the lead. I mean, he, he does well too. He's, I mean, he's doing really well as like this very confused. I mean, he's, he's a fish. It's a fish out of water twice over. He's just an American in London uh, doesn't really know where he is. He's in this new relationship. He's just kind of holding up in her apartment and he might be a werewolf or he might be an insane person cutting people up, um, maybe with his own teeth. But then there's also this, and it's by John Landis who did, uh, up to that time, he did Blues Brothers. He did Animal House. So that's a comedy guy. And there are these moments of actual, genuine comedy. Yeah. My favorite bit, uh, and this will be the last I say on it, is it's toward the end where he's hit toward the final transformation and he's in a porno theater. He's just hiding out in a porno theater and, and that's just the setting. So it's like, yeah. okay, it's kind of awkward because he's in there with all these like perverts and some of them are masturbating or whatever, but like he's having a final talk with his dead friend, the, the, the one you mentioned with Griffin Dunn, but he's finally fully decomposed and you know, they're having this final talk and then it interrupts with a scene from the porno that they're watching, which is not a real porn. And it's like these two people are having sex. And then this other guy walks in and says like, it's like, what are you doing with him? It's something like, it's like, what are you doing with him? Like it's the like, line I'm your boyfriend. feeds into what they're talking about. Kind of. And then like, and then the guy, the girl in the, in the movie that they're watching turns and says, what? No, I'm not her. I've never seen you before in my life. And then he goes, Oh, my mistake. And then walks out and then the two of them just commence having sex. And it just, it reminds me of like the most amateur improv you've ever seen. <laughs> like, uh, like two high schoolers who are doing improv for the first time ever. It's so funny. It's weird and out of place. But at the same time, it's like they're, they're in a porno theater. So I, I assume I would see a little bit of. It reminds <laughs> me of like that scene from the big Lebowski where they he puts on log jamming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Never imagine what, you can imagine what happens next. Uh, so those are my, those are my honorables. I love those. Those were, those are good answers. All right. Uh, and now for our last segment, the last one I could come up with, uh, street fighter has many world warriors. It Mm -hmm. is a global event. So what is your favorite, 
foreign horror movie. All right. We're there now. Oh, fuck. Takashi Miike's Audition. I love Audition. If you have not seen this movie, go watch it now before we talk about it. I will say that about this movie. It is a mind fuck. It's a butt fuck. It's a belly fuck. It's a whole body fuck. It is. This one gets me in the guts. This is the one we were talking about, alluding to earlier about gear shifts. This is the biggest gear shift in any movie ever. It starts off, I want to say, is like it's a very rom com premise at top. It's yeah. this guy. So it's about this movie producer, um, or yeah, he's a filmmaker, and he his wife had died years ago, and his son encourages him to say, "Hey, it's about time you start dating again, Dad." So he's like, "Hmm, well." And then so his friend, his colleague gives him the idea. He's like, well, why don't we audition for this movie? And while we're auditioning for these, uh, the, the actress for this movie that may or may not actually exist, you could just screen them as potential mates. Kind of creepy, but it's more, but it's done in like this rom-com, like 90s rom-com. Yeah, but also it's thing. like Japan at that time. Japan, right? 90s. Yeah, late yeah. 90s. It's like 99 or whatever. And you know, there's a lot of goofs, a lot of little gags about him, and he, and, you know, and even he feels weird about it. He's like, I don't know, that's that's a little unethical, but well, I don't know, but maybe just go with it. Okay, we'll see what happens. And then he chooses a woman, and she turns out to be the most insane <laughs> person in probably Japanese history. And we, and so we go from this very like rom commy premise to all of a sudden like. The image of like uh, of her like barfing in a in a oh, dog God. bowl. The, the, that's barfing that the is dog the turn, bowl. dude. Oh. Fucking she she makes it. She puts mm. two fingers in her mouth, throws up in a dog bowl, and then puts it down. And no, out no, of no, the... no. Let's set up this scene because that's not the whole scene, <laughs> okay, my guy. Okay. That's Go not it. where it. it starts. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. I want to. Yeah. Because What's the part that hits you? They they set this up right in a couple different ways. This particular scene. This scene pays off so well. This is why it is so effective. And then to have that cream on top, that literal cream on top, you know, saying that out of that word cream on top out of my mouth literally made my gut churn a little bit. Just thinking about what happens here. So <laughs> they set it up earlier in the, the phone call, right? Yeah. All she has in her room in this very sparse room is a telephone and a burlap sack. Yep, yep, that's it. That's it. That all you see is the sack at that time. And you're like, "Well, that's odd. That's strange." Uh yeah. and then later on in the in the movie while he's uh, uh the main character is going through and talking to her uh references, right? On on the list of on her like resume basically. And these people either like don't exist or died. Right. Uh, and he I, I think it's the is it the bartender who he's like oh yeah he's like we found all we found was like a tongue an ear and like two feet or something like that's all we have left of this person but it was something like it was like but there was like 12 fingers yeah you know? there was, was more fingers like than like i don't know there's too many fingers there was too many tongues here which that's a weird thing to say Right, right. Where did this tongue come from? Why is there so much blood? Why is there so much blood? <laughs> Why, where, how? Uh, but then you have those setups, and then the payoff is that, oh, as it turns out, inside of this burlap sack is that guy 
who comes out and is like begging for food. He's starving. He has like yeah. one finger, can't speak because he doesn't have a tongue, like doesn't have feet, so he can't crawl. He has these stumps. He's horrifying. And then yeah. she does that. Yeah. Then she sticks two fingers in her mouth, throws up in a dog bowl, gives it down. And then and here's the thing. There's no protest. He There's laps no it up. He does not wait one second. He, he laps it up hungrily. Right hungrily swallows her vomit it's so disgusting <sighs> it's just like a punch a full body punch that's the turn yeah that's the turn so that's, right there yeah so that's what we're talking about with the gear shift <laughs> oh man and then that and then again this is not the the only movie we were going to be talking about that had eye stabbings uh because this movie goes there as well, where he's laying there paralyzed and she comes up with the, the little needles. Yep. And is like laughing as she's doing it. I do appreciate that they don't show her actually do it. Yeah. I I appreciate that. But what they do show the part that actually gets me is the it's like piano wire or something yeah. like that. And wraps it around his ankles, just like loops it and just starts like sawing, like tightening it. It's a it's a gnarly movie, and like That's the a just scene, oh, and just like the sawing sound through the bone. It's just, it's a, it's a trip because it 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 sits on that. It sits on a. It presents itself almost as, like revenge torture porn. Right, but it almost. really isn't that though. Like there's elements of this movie that don't necessarily make it revenge because like he didn't really do anything wrong to deserve it, but also he was auditioning for women to play the part of his wife. So is it like misogynist in some way? Like he doesn't necessarily give enough or play it that far, but also like she wasn't really hurt that much to necessitate stabbing him in the eyeballs and cutting off his legs like it it the actions here are it is just it's somewhere in between it is very confusing it is very disturbing i hate this movie i love it <laughs> that's exactly how i feel about it it's like, oh man i hate what i'm seeing but oh man i gotta see this again yeah it's a good movie very good movie yeah uh, the same Definitely production worth- company as the people who did ring which was like the first before what the ring was based off of. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, never mind. I had no further question about that. Yes. The ring, the original <laughs> Japanese ring. Right. Uh, no, super good movie. I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, my pick for foreign film, uh, is 1977's Haosu. Haosu, which I've seen once. It's been years, but I've, but I've seen it. Oh, man, what a trip. Haosu is so good. It is because it lets you know immediately what you are watching. Like, right off the bat, you go, oh, this is unlike anything I've ever seen before at all. Uh, the best way I can describe it is basically like... It's basically an anime that's live action that is a house eating people. Yeah. 
I remember the piano. I remember the head mm. coming out of the well and biting the girl's butt. That's that's the turn of this movie. That's when yeah. things like actually turn into okay, this is a horror movie. I knew that this was a different movie, but I didn't know it was a horror movie until they pull the head out of the well and the head corporate like floats through the air and bites her butt. Like yep. <laughs> imagining like like a just, like a school game. <laughs> yeah. And it's like every kill in this movie and every bit of it is presented in like a goof in like a fun way, but is also like, oh man, like this is what I am watching is like kind of fucked up, but it's 1977 and the editing that they're doing here is buck wild because it's also like super obvious with its horror, like, or with its like horror tropes at least because none of the characters have real names. It's like, Gorgeous, uh, who's the pretty one. Fantasy, who fantasizes and sees things. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, who's the, the fat one who's just like food. She might as well be called food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one I think is called just karate because she can do karate. Uh, it's sweet, that's who's right. just the nice Mac. It's Mac and Kung Fu. Kung Fu does Kung Fu melody because she plays music and it's like these are their introductions and like ah it, it, it what I what I read about this movie and how it was basically pitched is that the dude who did the screenplay was taking ideas actually from his daughter uh in that the things that she would tell him was like things that he couldn't imagine it's things that are beyond your imagination that you have no understanding of and don't actually make sense like within the physical world because they're not constrained to ideas that like we have locked in ourselves. And then he kind of took that idea and extrapolated that to kind of the horrors of World War II where just out of nowhere, no one like realized like how or why, but they dropped two bombs on Japan and a whole bunch of people died and like the reeling from that of like not knowing like where this horror came from or what the fuck even happened. And like, that was the sense that he was trying to get across through this film and holy fucking shit. Do they do that? And that's kind of alluded to in the scene that I actually think is super good. And like, you know, what kind of movie you're watching, uh, is that it's set up that they're going to go to, uh, Gorgeous and the team are going to go to some uh, some house like owned by her father. But then his her father is like, oh, but I have brought uh, this person back from the place. Uh, this is your new mom now. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to my aunt's house. Uh, and then so her and the girl gang go to the aunt's house instead. And on their bus trip to the aunt's house, they like watch a film. But they like talk like all of the actors basically talk over that film and describe it but not in like the way that would seem like it's written in a script it's basically mm-hmm. as if they were like hey like here's what's happening Can you just like some one of you say one of these things just say that like he went off to work just say that and then they're like laughing about it oh, as it's happening like, and then at the end like of the reel is- it shows the, bo- the the nuclear bombs going off and you're like hey wait a minute what the fuck and then before you could even like realize what happened like the film burns and then boop, like we're in the place now like we've just 
teleported from a train to <laughs> right. on a bus and now we're on the place now it's just the way that it moves is just insane it's just full of insanity oh man this movie is unlike any other film that has been made i don't know and it's not like the the special effects are even that good like they're kind of super bad. It's terrible. Yeah, green screen. even for the seventies. Yeah, even, even for the seventies. I remember. Oh man, what a trip! Very good soundtrack. It had the first like meme cat. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Because they, they have the, the yeah the it has like a a theme song to it the doom 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 or something like that, but. Then at one point, there's the cat and the cat meow. They like pitch shift it to the meow, 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 meow. And it's walking across a piano back and forth. And it's like the meme culture would have loved this movie. If, this movie... <laughs> if it only had existed 40 mm. years ago. <laughs> Man, it is a fucking trip. Uh, I remember I... it being a trip. <sighs> Highly recommend it. And like, it's something like you don't, it's not even something that like I would recommend even like, I'm not even jokingly saying, Hey, do some drugs and watch this crazy movie. It's like, no, just watch it sober. You'll be like fucked up after watching it of like, what the hell did I even just, was that girl in a clock? Did she get eaten by the piano? How did, mm, okay. (laughs) If you don't know what this movie is about, watch the scene where the girl gets eaten by the piano and then, you will know exactly what this movie is about. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, I feel like even if you don't know what you're getting into, it's still enjoyable. Oh yeah. Like it's definitely like a nice little, like, uh, you know, get yourself ready. You know, it's cool. But like, but yeah, it's, it, it, there's so many yeah. surprises. That's what I remember. If, uh, even though I'm a little fuzzy, cause it's been like eight years since I've seen the movie, but it's, uh, I just remember being so, so surprised yeah. by the visuals that I was like my friend, uh, who showed it to me, Patrick, he insisted. He was like, "If you don't know anything about it, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want you to know anything about it. Let's just watch it." And I was like, "Okay," and I loved it. I remember loving, it, having such a good time. Because the other crazy thing is that even though the effects are kind of bad, there's still like gorgeous matte paintings. The backgrounds and like the sets are like a fantasy world. It's like a dream that you walk into. Like the whole every shot is so dreamlike of like, how did they get from there to there? Or like that matte painting is gorgeous, but the scaling looks weird, but that's probably intentional. And then there was a bit of editing in that shot. That's like just a little bit off. That isn't in a way that makes it feel human at all. It's, it's, oh, it's so good. So good. Highly recommend it. Very Uh, much so. But I'm glad we, both our picks were uh, Japanese too. I th- yeah, Japan does good with horror. Like they do. This is th- these two were not the only two good Japanese horror movies that are out there. There's a bunch. Go watch them. Uh, but my honorable mention here is Michelle Haneke's Funny Games, which actually got an English adaptation, also directed and filmed by Michelle Haneke, and. It's in the. It's shot for shot the exact same movie. Uh, this movie hates you. You will watch it. You will hate it. It's a bad movie, but also that's why it's a good horror movie. So where's the? What, what country was it from? Uh, he is. It's Austrian. Oh, it's Austrian. Okay. Uh, it's an. It's originally an Austrian film. Uh, originally filmed there. 
Uh, and then he was like, I want this movie to hurt more people. I will film it in English. <laughs> I would like to weaponize it. I would like to send it to the West. Legitimately. This movie, in my opinion, uh, is is the director deliberately being like, okay, uh, what is what are the things that people who watch movies and like, what are the things that are gratifying and just strip all of those away, show you terrible things. And the moment when you think you get gratification is then stricken from you again. And then like a big fuck you. And he's just like, haha, horror. Welcome. Welcome to Austria. <laughs> Welcome to Austrian horror. Uh, it's, it's, the the reason why it can't be my favorite is because it's like not a good movie. Like you watch it and you just feel bad and you're supposed to feel bad. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. have to see this movie. I, I just rec- do now. I recommend it. You'll like it. Uh, no, you'll hate it. You'll, like, I'll hate, <laughs> you'll it, hate it, but then you'll be like, it. Hmm, why do I hate this movie? Like, why would, why would Joe tell me to hate to watch this? Why would this? you do this? This seems like a bad idea. Uh, all right, folks, but that will do it. Uh, that's a show we somehow forced, uh, street fighter, forced the conversation about street fighter and, just you know, to talk and, about horror movies for, cause I, I don't really get that many. Op- Personally, I don't get that many opportunities to talk about horror movies or to horror culture at all. I'm sure you do working at the, the haunted house at the haunt, <laughs> working the, the haunts. haunts. <laughs> we were haunts out here, Joe. Uh, the, the haunts is <laughs> he's, he's, I've read his guide, uh, but That's real. Car- haunted houses are for carnivals and kids. But before you go, uh, I have to ask you the, the two questions that I ask everyone who is on this show. Uh, so I can't let you leave without doing that. And then we'll wrap up okay. real quick. Uh, it's a line of question. Two questions tells a lot about a person. Uh, what is your favorite normal attack in any fighting game? Okay. My favorite normal attack is Sasquatch in Darkstalker's standing light punch. He just flicks you. Nice. He just flicks. And isn't that such a high tier thing to do? He's just like, especially in Vampire Savior, he's so he's so good in that game. And he's just like, I can't be bothered. Just mm-hmm. flick. Just flick. doing something that is like, of no, this takes no effort, but will deal damage to you. But it'll, it'll reach and it'll yeah. do damage and it'll open up for a full damage chain combo and OTG. Very good. Uh, and then speaking of which you kind of led into it, but with that line of thought, what is your favorite combo in any fighting game? I mean, I would say almost like the follow-up, but, uh, uh, combo. Good question. Hmm. What's yours? Give me, so let me, mine, you for think, example, I can ruminate. Uh, no, that's fine. As I like to do that. Uh, the, my answer is Sagat's street fighter four, forward light kick into crouching light punch into DP and variations thereof specifically because of that three hit chain because you do the forward light kick but then it's a long time before you hit that crouching light punch and there's something about that cadence of bump 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 like because you have to cancel that light punch immediately so it's like you delay ta-ta there's something musical about it to me that I love so much. And also it's Sagat. So it looks violent uh, and it just deals damage. And it's this low that hits from super far away. Uh, And that's why I like that combo. And he has variations of that as well. Like you can cancel the crouching light punch into an EX 
DP, which then you can link into Ultra, which is like, that's a super fun combo. I don't know, it just leads to a bunch of fun stuff. I, okay, then I have an answer. Okay. I have an answer. Uh, I love, it's very short. It's a very short one, but I mean, you could always tack on. It's Geefs, just Geefs, uh, light BNBs uh, into the green hand, like the, the, uh, mm-hmm. Like you can like jump in, or uh, if you can just uh, buffer a green hand into a uh, standing short, just play that footsies game. But really, it was an ultra where the combo comes in again, very short combo, nothing fancy to it. You could ex the ex green hand forced a stand from a crouching opponent that was on the one point oh four patch back mm-hmm. in like December, November, uh, two thousand fourteen. So like you could. If you buffered the Z motion or or just like down forward uh, down motion, got ready an EX green hand on reaction, go through fireballs into a red focus, automatic red focus. It stopped. It didn't whiff after that after that uh, patch. Mm-hmm. Force a stand into a free, either a free ultra or an, or another command grab or a reset you could do the the rolling suplex into a into a setup and it was just gore- it was wonderful yeah. i just got so much i got so much mileage out of that i'm in so it. much agreement with you on that one because a fully loaded geef you that basically prevented your opponent from throwing any kind of projectile yeah or even like trying to play footsies because that stand light kick could just be there at any moment yeah, and then ever. EX and green it, hand red focus, boom, and it's like half more than half your health, right? With a setup, you could With go a for setup. A, yeah. a hard, a heavy pile driver for damage, or you could just do a a, a rolling suplex for meter mm-hmm. or setup. It was oh insane. Yeah, you do the Love suplex, it. and then that that ambiguous. You could do short jump or normal jump over their head, and then like sometimes I don't even know what side I'm going to land on. I do if you use right. the short jump. <laughs> But then it's like, I know if it's like the short jump, it's like in front. But know what? If you go low after that short jump, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it doesn't matter if you didn't know because now they don't know either. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. That's because, uh, yeah, it was so much less. Uh, it was like that EX green hand into red focus was basically the jump scare of fighting games. Because it comes oh, yeah. out of nowhere. You don't expect it. And then you die. Right. It's terrifying. And then like you can... And if you, especially if you had Ultra Two, you had the Siberian Blizzard loaded up, mm-hmm. you just knew they wouldn't want to jump, or they wouldn't want, they just wouldn't want to jump or backdash after that. So you just kept that threat. There was mm-hmm. just that viable threat of he's baiting out a jump. Oh shit! He got me with a rolling suplex. He's doing a setup. He's gonna go low, and it's and he's he he wants me to think he's grabbing, so I'm gonna jump. But no, I'm not gonna jump because he has the Siberian Blizzard. So I just grab him. That was a fun mix up. I like it. Fun mix up. Love that mix up. All right, man. So thank you. Thank you for taking your time to talk to me about horror movies on the Street Fighter related podcast. Dude, anytime. I am uh, super grateful that you would take the time to do so. And this like long two-parter, uh, again, tons of time out of your day for doing that. But I had so much fun. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, before you go, though, let people know where they can find you. Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Stance underscore. Uh, that's D-O-C-T-O-R-S-T-A-N-T-Z underscore uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dr. Stance or on Instagram at Paul 
underscore Maid. P-A-U-L underscore M-E-Y-D. All right, folks. And again, you can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter.com or at Reddit SF if you want to talk to the show directly. Uh, we are here every Thursday, but don't forget about the tournaments Mondays and Friday nights. But that's a show, folks. That's a very spooky show. Until next time, maybe I'll be a little bit more brave. But take care. <laughs>